0: From Sydney to Toronto to London, from New York to L.A., and all points around the globe, welcome to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show, coming to you from the sprawling MBB Radio Network Studios. Now, call the dog, get the kids, feed the fish, and let the cat out. Here are the hosts of our show, the man who wants to mow your lawn, Jeff Marginian, and the dog behind the man, our executive producer, and everyone's buddy, Butch.
1: <laughs> Welcome back, folks, to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show. I'm your host, Jeff Marginian. Of course, I'm here with Butch. And we have a lot to cover this hour. Uh, we have with us Elliot Tiber. And Elliot is the best selling author of Taking Woodstock. Now, back in the 60s, when Woodstock was happening, Elliot actually owned the hotel and uh, put that whole thing together. I don't think he realized what he was doing at the time. But uh, he's got a new book out, uh, Palm Trees on the Hudson. It's a true story of the mob, Judy Garland, and interior decorating. So Elliot's going to be with us to talk about his new book. Butch got an email from the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, about a report that they put out that says pets are transmitting or can transmit diseases to their owners and to the humans that they're around, especially while they sleep. So there is, uh, that. this was a big story this past week. You may have seen it. It was in the national news. So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Also, Denise Fleck of SunnyDogInc.com is going to stop by and she's going to talk to us about her pocket guides. Now we've been discussing these over the last oh few weeks here, and this week we're going to talk about the one that they that she has written on how to take care of your cat or kitten. So stay tuned for that. Also, Dick Rolf is going to talk to us about a DVD series that is out, and it was actually part of PAX. Uh, it was a series on PAX. And it's out on DVD, and it's about a dog that is a trained hearing dog. Now, we've heard about all different types of service dogs by now. Most people know that there are, you know, uh, seeing eye dogs and police dogs, and now there's hearing dogs and other dogs that help people that are in wheelchairs that do unbelievably amazing things. We're going to be getting to some of that stuff in the coming weeks also. So, everybody relax, and we got a great hour coming up for you. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Jeff and Butch will be right back on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show.
2: If you're a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, like me, coming home can be harder than expected. I felt a little out of place, but it turns out I wasn't alone. At IAVA.org, there's a free online community of thousands of OIF and OEF vets who've got your back here, just like they did over there. So now, I'm never alone. I can get the resources I need and talk to tons of people who understand where I'm coming from. Whether it's navigating the GI Bill or VA hospitals, managing the transition home, or meeting people you can share stories with, you'll find it at IAVA.org. Even Even if if it's just just everyday stuff. Like getting tips on where to find a nice sweater for my dog. Did he just say that? Really? What? Okay, maybe not that. But everything else. No matter where you are, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America is there for you. Join our community at iava.org. we got your back. Brought to you by Iraq, Afghanistan, Veterans of America and the Ad Council.
1: You'll notice the last few weeks we've been trying to get caught up on our book list. We get a lot of good books in from best-selling authors and from big publishers and large publishers and small and medium publishers also. It's a good time of year to, you know, stay warm, read a good book. And we have a good one we're going to talk about today. Palm Trees on the Hudson. Now, this is by uh, Elliot Tiber. Uh, It's a true story of the mob Judy Garland and interior decorating. And this is the hilarious prequel to Elliot's bestseller, Taking Woodstock. (laughs) Now, Woodstock, Taking Woodstock, you might have seen the documentary about this. It's about the motel. So, before Elliot found financial success by bringing the Woodstock concert to his motel in upstate New York... Before he took part in the historic Stonewall Riots, he was one of Manhattan's leading interior designers. The story of how he got there is every bit as fascinating as the Woodstock Concert Adventure, and we are glad to have Elliot with us to talk about Palm Trees on the Hudson. Elliot, thanks for being with us.
3: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: Not at all. glad uh, that you could make it, and... One of the first things that intrigued me naturally, when you see uh, the title Palm Trees on the Hudson, Judy Garland's name kind of jumps right out. And she seems to be a big inspiration in your life. How did that start?
3: Well, when I was 10, <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, a big guy, when I was 10, uh, the local cinema Tuesday nights had free dishes. and My mother had a houseware store, so she dragged me along to get extra dishes and um, maybe I was eight anyway they were playing Wizard of Oz and uh, I just was so overwhelmed with it between the black and white and the color and the uh, munchkins and all the uh, good fairies, bad witches and so forth Mm -hmm. and what uh, just resonated with me besides the wonderful uh, singing and the beautiful film that it was was um, you cook your heels and you could have home with love and i grew up in such a dysfunctional family mm-hmm. where there was no love at all so that mm-hmm. really hit me and then over the years i started as i got older collecting her records and pictures and magazine articles and whatever i could see mm-hmm. and then uh, she stayed with me till this day i have all her albums i listen to her music and so that's um and it's happened to people all over the world not just me uh, uh, the fact that there's a loving home somewhere for us, if we're lucky.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Now, this this is also a true story, as it says, a true story of the mob, Judy Garland, and interior decorating. What um, what was your first break into the world of interior decorating?
3: Well, I I left home when I was around 16. I was an artist, and I moved to Greenwich Village. That's where you go, from Brooklyn. Uh, And uh, I got a little studio, and I was selling my artwork and uh, studying in uh, Hunter College and Brooklyn College, studying art and interior design. Mm -hmm. And um, when I graduated, I went uh, for jobs, and my first job was at W&J Sloan's, which was a big furniture and decorating emporium. And uh I got a job there doing window displays. The very first week the guy who was in charge of it was drunk. So they put me in charge and I didn't know anything except you know, my own gut instincts. Uh-huh. And I had to do all the uh Fifth Avenue windows of model rooms, you know, a, a studio, a living room, bedroom and so forth. So I just uh put it together without knowing much about anything.
2: Uh-huh.
3: And um the windows were such a success, they were written up in all the uh, papers about display and all of that, and uh, I just kept doing more and more there, and uh, then I got another job in uh, the Altman's. They hired me a double-the-salary. The big the deal was $100 there.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, that would be like a 1000 today, I guess. You sure, know, sure. A week. Uh-huh. And um, so as I became an interior decorator, mm-hmm and then um, i decorated the home of a supreme court judge uh years later in uh, long island uh-huh. and uh he was so delighted he introduced me to uh, the ex-fire chief of new york who owned a big nightclub in new york and they wanted that decorated okay well i did that it was a lot of fun and i was meeting all kind of people named vito and um <laughs> <laughs> and i didn't know anything about the mob nothing <laughs> and um, And I certainly didn't know there was a Jewish mob, which is what this guy was. Okay. Anyway, his 50th birthday, they uh, rented the Hudson River Ferry, the Dayline Ferry, and they were going to have 500 guests, and they hired me to decorate that boat, uh, ship, boat, whatever you want to call it. And... um, uh, so I went ahead and I was going to do it, and they said, "Well, the mayor Lindsay is coming. Who was a very popular mayor at the time." Big thing was that the, the guest of the night was Judy Garland. Oh, wow. oh, I almost had a hernia when I heard that.
2: Oh man! And
3: so I went to town and I decorated that boat with a uh, hundred palm trees, rented palm trees. I did it like Arabian Nights theme. I hired all my friends in little bikinis and painted their bodies gold and they acted as the waiters in the house. And and then uh, Judy's limo arrived and everybody, she came late of course, and everybody rushed to one side of the boat and the captain went on the megaphone and, and screaming, get back, he thought we'd just tip over. The, and uh, Judy came on board and as sort of a host of this party, I, had, I was introducing her. To the audience, she sang "Over the Rainbow." I did ice sculpture of her and the Munchkins; it was wonderful. Wow! And so that's how I met Judy Garland. And I don't know if you know the
1: yeah. I would say you almost had a hernia after after seeing her at at eight nine years old like that, and then all of a sudden you get to meet her later mm -hmm. in life. That's great.
3: And well, by then, by that time, uh, what was I about twenty eight? I guess and by then i had made some money so i was seeing i saw her at carnegie hall and at the rko palace on broadway and i was able to afford uh... seat center front and center and i bought flowers for her and handed her on the stage and she leaned over one time and gave me back one of the roses and a kiss so i was just in heaven
2: <laughs> but here
3: i was a chance to really meet her and so um uh do you know you heard of the hudson river
2: oh yeah oh yeah
3: you ever heard of palm trees on that river
2: <laughs>
3: no okay well the crowd of 500 of drinkers <laughs> a mm-hmm. lot of drinkers yeah. decided it'd be fun as we turn past the statue of liberty Uh, up the river there, um, down the river, Mm -hmm. uh, to toss all the palm trees in. And I was screaming, these are rented and on my credit card, and don't do it to no avail. I had a chance to spend time with Judy in one of the cabins, and she gave me some wonderful words of advice about uh, life and living. And Anyway, there are the palm trees floating all over the river, and that's where that
1: title comes from. Oh, that's great. That's a great story. What a memory, huh? Yes, it certainly was. Wow. Now, Elliot, is there anywhere online that uh, people can see you?
3: They could go to uh, uh, palmtreesonthehudson.com or elliottiber.com, and uh, they could click on. There's information, there's clips of different things, interviews and so forth. I was on NBC's Dateline, a two-hour show. It's amazing. And so suddenly, at the age of 75, on radio, I could tell you I look like Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) But at 75, I became world famous. I didn't expect that.
1: Elliot, thanks for being with us.
3: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for
0: having me. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show on the MBB Radio Network. (laughs)
4: DVDs for Vets is asking listeners to donate new or used DVDs for the benefit of military veterans who otherwise cannot easily obtain them on their own. With limited entertainment, vets in rehab can use what many of us take for granted every day. To donate new or used DVDs or to learn more about this worthy cause, please go to DVDsforvets.org. That's DVDs, the number four, vets.org.
0: Confessions of a Potentially Perfect Parent, brought to you by AdoptUSKids.org. I don't know how to talk like a parent. Don't make me come back there. You see what I mean? It's pretty awful. Try it again. Don't make me come back there. Now, that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit AdoptUSKids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt us Kids, and the Ad Council.
1: Butch at MyBuddyButch.com is the email address. And also, MBBRadio.com is the website. Check out the website and also the Chronicle. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter, our free newsletter, with uh, information, little tidbits, and the schedule, actually, of the show. So, this past week, got an email Butch got an email from the Center of Disease Control, okay, talking about the risk of sleeping with pets, okay? Now, you may have heard this. It made the national news. It's been coast to coast this whole last week, okay? And what they're saying is sleeping with your pets carries a risk that you're going to catch some type of disease, okay? Now, you may have heard some of the statistics on this, but the risk is rare. I'll say that right off the bat. Okay. Sleeping with, you know, kissing your animals on their little pet lips. Yuck. Or even having your pets lick your face and things like that too. Uh, They can pose a risk for some serious medical problems. Okay. And what it's called is, it's called zoonosis. Zoonosis is... It's the risk of contracting a disease that will go from humans to pets, pets to humans, those types of things, okay? Now, uh, the paper's co author, his name is Bruno Chomel, or Comel, and he's a professor at the University of California, Davis School of Veterinary Medicine, and uh, he's an expert in zoonosis or zoonoses and which I said is a transmission of disease from animal to human, okay? Um, Actually, it's just animal to human. And he does not want people sleeping with their pets. Now, it is rare that this happens, okay? But, and one of the things that he said was, you know, I guess it's really not a problem. (laughs) It really doesn't matter to the person who catches it whether or not it's rare, if you've got something that you caught from your pet, then you know you're sick. And you know things like plague and uh, meningitis, uh, nasty parasites, uh, drug-resistant staph infections, and these types of things are what they're talking about. So, yeah, the Center of Disease Control—they're going to throw up a red flag. And actually on our links page, you can go to mbbradio.com on our links page. We have a CDC uh, little widget in there where you can, you know, look up the latest things that the CDC is putting out, Center of Disease Controls, and um, you know, they do go to great lengths to say picking up disease from the family pets is rare. Okay, and the paper does show this, you know, about 60% of human pathogens could have been possibly transmitted by an animal, according to this, uh, according to the CDC, and a little less than 50% of of the diseases that they know come from animals to humans come from domesticated pets. So you're looking at, you know, a little over a third of the diseases. I think they were talking in the neighborhood of 250 diseases. Out of that many, 100 of them are known to be factual, have come from domesticated pets. So it's something to look out, okay, look out for. Although it is rare, you know, it makes me think because lately... (laughs) I've had this cough Butch has had over the last week or so we've talked about his nasal issues now he's been fine he's been running around he's been doing fine but it makes you think you know I'm not a real hypochondriac I don't think I caught the latest thing and I don't necessarily think I've caught anything from Butch but with this report coming out like this, makes you be just a little more mindful of how uh, you conduct yourself with your pet. Okay. Another thing that the CDC was saying is about 14% of the U.S. Uh, population is infected with roundworms, leading to a zoonotic, a zoonotic infection called. Toxocarasis—I <laughs> don't know what that means. The mode of transmission occurs: humans come into contact with sand or soil that's contaminated with infected roundworm eggs and larvae found in dog or cat waste. Okay. Um, human roundworm infre- infections are rare, but they can cause blindness <laughs> among many other types of problems. So, you know, use a little common sense is what they're saying. And there was some other veterinarians that they've uh, talked to around the country um, that I've heard on different uh, newscasts and on the web. MSNBC had a a story. uh, It's been on the ABC News. it's It's been carried in various areas. The main thing is keep yourself clean. Wash your hands before you eat dinner, before you cook food. Um, make sure your pets are clean. Make sure that you have your regular veterinary visits to make sure that they're in good health. Because, you know, that's where it starts with them. Make sure they get regularly checked up and make sure that they have their uh, correct preventatives. More about this right after this. We love your pet almost as much as you do here
0: on the My Buddy Butch Talk Show.
2: I'm a paramedic, and it may sound silly, but a lot of people are afraid to call 911 when they're experiencing uncomfortable pressure, fullness, squeezing, or pain in the center of the chest. You know why? Because they think it would be embarrassing if it were a false alarm. Instead, people risk permanent damage or death because they're afraid they might get a lecture. That's ridiculous. To learn more about heart attack warning signs, call the American Heart Association at 1-800-AHA-USA-1
1: or visit us on the web at AmericanHeart.org. A lot of people aren't going quit, to uh, quit sleeping with their pets just because of this report. This is something that's rare, but it is something to be aware of. And check it out, mbbradio.com, uh, on the links page, the center of uh, the CDC. And also, it's running on our news scroll on the homepage, so you can click through to that. I think um, we found a very good uh, article about this at MSNBC. And they they do a great job. I really I like MSNBC's website. Not to plug any one network over another, but they do have a good website for pets. <laughs> okay, um, I believe it was written by Joan Raymond. So in the coming weeks, let's see if we can't get some of these people out here uh, with us and to talk a little bit about this this issue. Okay. Now another thing. Okay, the AKC Yukonuba Championship uh, was on TV this past last week, last Sunday, on ABC, and the Australian Shepherd won. I'm sorry, the Australian Cattle Dog won the AKC Yukanuba Championship. So I'm looking forward to seeing that particular dog at the Westminster Kennel Club Show. I'm not sure if it's going to be there. But our coverage is coming up here uh, in a couple of weeks, and that is actually a live show. You can see that on USA Network. You're listening to the My Buddy Butch Talk Show
0: with your host, Jeff Marginian, on the MBB Radio Network.
1: And we are with Denise Fleck of SunnyDogInc.com. Denise, thanks for being with us again.
4: Happy to join you, Jeff.
1: Well, we're and we're glad to have you. And we are continuing with what we have been discussing: your pocket guides for dog and cat owners. And
4: Absolutely, yeah, they're very compact little guides by Quick Find Books to help you help your pet whether it is choosing your pet, trying to figure out the right foods, or what to do in an emergency. Mm -hmm. And I think you wanted to chat a little bit about the one entitled, How to Take Care of Your Cat or Kitten Today. Absolutely. And like I've mentioned previously, what's unique about these guides is that instead of a table of contents, they have staggered um, colored tabs to get you quickly to the topic you're interested in at that particular moment. And we've talked about how it has, you know, sections on how to choose your cat, proper ID. Um, I also mentioned things like exercise and nutrition because, of course, your cat needs exercise. Maybe it doesn't need to, you know, take an hour hike through the mountains like you would do with your dog. <laughs> but you do need to keep your cat exercised. And personally, I always think the best exercise for a cat is adopting another cat. But I also talk about nutrition, and I'm not going to, you know, don't expect to see what my top three favorite foods are in here. That's not the point. My Mm -hmm. point is to get you to be a more savvy pet shopper or pet chef for your kitty by reading labels and, you know, noticing the diminishing values on the the food labels so that you're really getting the high-quality proteins for your pet. Or should you be choosing to, you know, cook or assemble food know which human foods are safe and which ones aren't for fluffy, um, you know, and, and kind of just giving you that education so that you in turn can decide, because if you have two or three cats in your house, unfortunately, they may not all need to be on the same diet. Some mm-hmm. may have an allergy to something. Something just may not agree with one of your cats. So your cats, like your dogs, are unique individuals, and you're going to just have to pay attention to them and see how they respond to the food
1: absolutely and that's important you know um, throughout throughout the cat's life
4: right because that can even change
1: mm-hmm. they can
4: develop an allergy if they're fed just one source of protein sometimes they develop an allergy to it mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people say hey here's a kitty cat i'm going to open up a can of tuna and that's going to be her meal well, tuna is one of those fishes, fishies that don't contain taurine, a certain amino acid that cats desperately need and will die without it. Mm-hmm. So if your cat is eating just tuna, it's not a healthy diet for her. Sure. And so do your research and pay attention. When their eyes are bright, their coats are shiny, their skin isn't flaky, and they have a good energy level, that's a much better indication of their health than whether, you know, there's a pretty label on the packaging.
1: hmm and one of the other uh, things is, you know, you and I had talked uh, off the air briefly about um, a head-to-tail checkup type of thing.
4: I think that's so important, and this is another way where you can truly become a team member with your veterinarian. In my How to Take Care of Your Cat or Kitten Pocket Guide, it's smack dab in the middle of the booklet. And basically it just tells you to look and feel your cat over from head to tail and notice her habits because, you know, a lot of, we all love our animals and we pet them and play with them, but sometimes we just really aren't that acquainted with their bodies, and that's what I want every cat parent to become. Um, I had a student in class not too long ago trying to remove a tick from the abdomen of his male dog's body, not realizing male dogs also have nipples. So, you know, point well taken here. It's important to really get to know your cat and know what's supposed to be on her body so that you don't remove something that is, Mm -hmm. as well as notice what things aren't supposed to be there, like that sudden lump you just found in the abdomen or on a leg. Mm -hmm.
2: Because if you
4: catch something when it's small, hopefully you can get it taken care of by your veterinarian before it becomes a nightmare. Mm -hmm. But if you don't do this weekly checkup... It's gonna be, you know, six months or nine months or however long it is until your next annual visit at the veterinarian, Mm -hmm. and that disease or illness could have progressed considerably. Um, So if you catch it early and get an earlier checkup in there, your kitty can really live a longer, happier, healthy life with you. Sure, sure. So with the head-to-tail checkup, that's literally what I do is take you from the ears all the way down to the tail and tell you if your cat is is good to go how you can help, or when your cat needs to go to the vet. Those are the three categories. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's an old wives' tale about, you know, judging if a pet is healthy by feeling their nose, whether it is a dog or a cat. Really, some of those things I just mentioned regarding food also apply to overall health. Is your cat got a good energy level? Is her, you know, coat shiny and her skin not flaky? or her eyes bright? Does her breath not smell? All of those things are much more important indicators of, you know, good health or bad health than feeling the tip of the nose. So, you know, don't go on that one. But, of course, you always want the, the nose to be shiny and moist, not dry and cracked. But don't, you know, count on feeling their nose like taking their temperature. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give you that kind of information.
1: Mm-hmm. And also you, uh, you talk a little bit about... Yeah, you need to do this every week and everything, but, you know, there might be times that your cat's not really that into it.
4: Absolutely. (laughs) And you know what, Jeff? There may be times when you're not into it either. And like we've talked about, animals are perceptive. If you've just gotten off of a bad phone call or if you're dashing out the door to work, that's not the time to sit down with your pet and, you know, have this time to give them a once-over You want to be in a good mood, you want to have, um, you know, time to do this, and you also want to know your cat's body language, which is something I've put into the pocket guide, to make sure they're in the right mood to do it. Now, of course, if you suspect there's something wrong with your cat, it doesn't matter about her mood. That's when you need to learn the pet first aid and do your restraining and muzzling if necessary, but you have to look at the cat when she's, you know, got some sort of injury or illness. Mm -hmm. But when you're just doing your weekly head to tail checkup you want to make sure that she's a happy cat as opposed to being a sourpuss. Right. And I've given you a little chart in the back of the book to explain that, you know, and going by the positions of the ears, the eyes, the tails, are the whiskers straight to the side or pulled back against the face. That could mean a whole difference in her mood and attitude at that moment and either you'll be successful giving that head to tail checkup. Or if you'll be needing some human first aid, mm-hmm. if you try to do it at that moment. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, we, we, we want to minimize um, injury and pain to our pets, but we also don't want to experience it ourselves. So we want to keep ourselves safe and, you know, pick the appropriate time to do certain things with our loving feline friends.
1: Sure, and this is really a pretty comprehensive chart here. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, it does. It goes through ears, eyes, tail, whiskers, sound. See, you know, for me, uh, I'm not as familiar with cats, and this would be something for that that would be perfect. Actually, for for everybody, either the the novice who is just thinking about getting a cat, or new to that, or even people who've had cats for years, and maybe you know they can kind of tell. But this really gives you uh, a lot of specific good information on on how to recognize your cat's body language, that's for sure.
4: <laughs> well, thank you. I, I do think they're excellent guidelines, but like everything else I teach is, you know, your dog and cat is an, are individuals, so really get to know them because what you may see a photo of an angry cat in a book or online sometimes, your particular cat may not exhibit quite that degree of anger but still be just as mad. So, you know, you you need to just really pay attention to your pets and, you know, know what they look like when they're happy or they're sad. And, you know, it's just like, I guess, a a mom of a newborn, of a human newborn, starts learning the different cries, whether it means I'm hungry or I'm wet or I want to do something fun. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the same thing with your dogs and cats. Really pay attention to them and learn to read their signs But, yes, I hope this chart will be an overall good guideline to help you with any new cat in your family or one that's been around for some time and that you just haven't really connected with before.
1: Well, Denise Fleck of SunnyDogInc.com out there in beautiful California. I want to thank you for being with us again this week.
4: Delighted to do so.
1: (laughs) And we look forward to talking to you again next time.
0: what are you doing
2: filling out a loan application
0: I can help you get approved you know
2: really how
0: with this
2: a bag of sand
0: it's not a bag it's a pouch and it's not sand it's credit fairy dust
2: credit fairy dust
0: yes I sprinkle some fairy dust on the application and your credit rating magically improves
2: there's no such thing as the credit fairy
0: an unbeliever now But what will you think when your loan is approved?
2: I'll think my credit score improved because I paid my bills on time, kept my credit card balances low, and only opened a new card if I really needed it.
0: It's the dust.
2: It's sand.
0: Don't deny the Credit Ferry. There's no magic to improving your credit, but there is help, and it's free. Go to creditferry.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the Consumer Bankers Foundation, the Leadership Conference on Civil Rights Education Fund, and the Ad Council.
1: Dick Rolfe is the CEO of the Dove Foundation. You can find them at dove.org. And a regular contributor here on the My Buddy Butch Show every week talking about family-friendly entertainment. And, Dick, it's great to talk to you again.
5: Nice to be with you again, Jeff.
1: (laughs) It's always great to have you. Now, last week we were talking a little bit about um, DVDs, and we talked about uh, the ones that are out, What's in the Bible. And do you have anything that's out that, that talks a little bit about maybe the dogs or cats or pets?
5: Well, certainly uh, the old adage is uh, in movies or television never work with children or dogs
1: or <laughs> pets, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
5: and a friend of mine, Dave Allen Johnson, actually uh, did exactly the opposite. He produced a television series that was on for a number of years. On uh, Pax TV, and it was called Sue Thomas FBI. Now, for your listeners, the F B the I part of FBI is E Y E, and the reason for that is that uh, Sue Thomas, the lead character of this story, is actually profoundly deaf. Okay. And this is really based on a true story, uh, Jeff. There was there is actually a lady who works for the FBI surveillance team named Sue Thomas, and Uh she was profoundly deaf from the age of 18 months. Uh And her first full-time job was working for the FBI uh, using her unique ability to read lips. Oh, wow. uh, Made her a secret weapon of the Bureau's uh, surveillance team.
1: Oh, no kidding.
5: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And as a part of her team, uh, she had a hearing dog, called Levi, mm-hmm. uh, and Levi works with uh, Sue in uh, helping the surveillance team and under- uncover uh, some of the uh, the criminals and the underground, the underworld people. It's a very entertaining series, uh, and it's finally now out on DVD. Oh, okay. So, and it's 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 nicely packaged. Uh, there's the pilot, uh, which is a two-hour episode, mm-hmm. and then uh, you can get uh, three box or three disc sets uh, of uh, each of the other uh, episodes. And there's, I think, two full seasons available—twenty-some uh, episodes.
1: Uh-huh. Uh,
5: if you collect all of all five volumes.
1: Wow, that's great. There's that many episodes.
5: Yeah, yeah. Uh, It was a weekly series for, I think, five or six years on PAX, and uh, it was one of my favorite shows. My wife and I loved this show.
1: That's great. Uh, It
5: was very clever, um, certainly family-friendly, and uh, the interesting thing, too, is that the lead character, uh, the lead actress in this, Deanne Bray, is also profoundly deaf.
1: Oh, no kidding. That's right. Wow. So here
5: she was playing the part of a deaf woman, uh, and she herself was deaf.
1: Wow. So, uh, that's it, very, uh, that's interesting because on the show here yeah. we do, we do a lot with, uh, the, the, the special dogs and, you mm-hmm. know, the, the seeing eye dogs and not only that, but, you know, angel on a leash. And also we're very interested in these types of things. And, Actually seeing seeing these types of things in a setting of an entertainment uh, type setting where it's like a series or something, I think it does a lot for the, uh, not only for the, for the foundations who help fund the animals uh, to be trained to do these types of things, but also I think it gives people a good idea that, hey, you know what? I never thought of that, but perhaps we could get so-and-so. Uh, look into this for one of their relatives or one of their Mm -hmm. friends or or something like that and actually see uh, what's happening on the show.
5: Oh, yeah. There are some wonderful uh, services out there that provide all kinds of special needs dogs. Um, And Levi, the dog that uh, is in this show, is actually a trained hearing dog. Oh, okay. Uh, And he does some pretty amazing feats uh, in the show. Uh, all a part of the, the kind of crime drama, um, suspense uh, theme in the show, but it's very well produced. Uh-huh. Uh, Dave Allen Johnson, the producer, is a dear friend of mine, and uh, he has done a wonderful job with these. And they're now available, as I said, on DVD. Now, these are not available in stores. You have to order them online. Okay. <laughs> and um, your listeners can go to our website at dub.org. And at the top, you'll see a little link there uh, to two Sue Thomas FBI DVDs, Uh and you can order them directly off the Dove.org website.
1: Oh, fantastic. That's great. So, all right, there it is. That was a great series uh, to spend a couple of two or three good weekends watching the uh, package series of uh, Sue Thomas FBI with the hearing dog <laughs> Levi. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Well, Dick, as always, it's great to talk to you. You always, you always bring something to the table that is very interesting, and I have yet to hear of. So that's fantastic. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's a pleasure, Jeff. I appreciate uh, the invitation. It's always nice to be with you.
1: Well, as I mentioned, invitations always open, and we'll see you next time. Check out this and other reviews at dove.org, and stay with us. We'll be right back. mbbradio.com is the website, and butch at mybuddybutch.com is the email address. We never have time to get to some of these emails. I got a whole stack of them over here. I got to just do a half a show just, just reading emails from everybody. I apologize for that, and we will get to that. Also, uh, I want to bring up a couple of things here. We are heading into our Westminster dog show coverage. So, I will be in New York City for Westminster. And it's actually going on the same weekend as the Grammys. (laughs) So, I can't be in both places at the same time. So, I'll be in New York City and we're going to do uh try and get some of the grammy winners and some of the people who are involved in that on the show in the next few weeks also since it is that time of year and i want to talk a little bit uh really about uh music cares and the grammy foundation they do a lot of great work uh also now uh we are heading into our, as I mentioned, the Westminster coverage, and one of the things that we usually do, we're going to have David Fry back on again, and I understand that the AKC is uh, after or in January this month, January, has introduced three more new breeds to the AKC. Now you'll remember when we were doing the National Dog Show uh, coverage, and we were we were discussing the six new breeds that they had. Well, they have three additional ones for 2011. And we're going to talk a little bit about those breeds. It's very interesting, uh, the the selection process that they go through and the qualification that they need to have, the breeders need to have in order to get to be qualified by the AKC. Now, there's got to be 180 or 182, I think, breeds recognized by the AKC. And, you know, I think, oh, I don't want to quote any numbers here yet. The Crufts dog show in March is the largest dog show, I believe, in the world. (laughs) I don't know how many, 4,000 dogs or something like that entered, but, uh, Westminster has 2,500 and the popularity of this sporting event, and it is a sporting event, you know, I mean, if you watch the AKC Ucanuba championship last week, you saw some of the, you know, they were doing some things. They were discussing, you know, how the dog stands and they're writing up there on the teleprompter and you can learn a lot by watching that. I don't know if that's really necessary, but it was a good idea. They did a good job, the announcers, and uh, you can learn a lot just by watching the show and you see breeds that you're never going to see walking down your street and one might catch your eye. And I, again, you know, we talk about rescue. We talk about uh, trying to, you know, not propagate the backyard breeding type of situation and the pip and the the Peppy Mills, Puppy Mills, (laughs) okay? There are breed clubs in this country for every breed you can imagine, especially the ones the AKC recognizes. So go to akc.org, and you can figure out, uh, get some information on any kind of breeds and figure out if, you know, it might be something for you. And there are breed rescues listed there right with them. So you can get one that you won't have to you know, keep from chewing on your furniture, like we talked about earlier. Okay. The Chronicle. Uh, sign up for the newsletter. We try to get that out uh, as many times as we can just to get the, you know, the updates and all the people who we've had on the show. want to thank everybody for being with us again this week. Everybody be safe out there. Try and stay warm. We're getting there. Bye.
0: Join us again next time right here. And please visit us at MyBuddyButch.com for more information and the best after show blog in the world. All content of the show is the property of the Gemar Entertainment Corporation and may not be rebroadcast in any form without expressed written consent from Gemar Entertainment. Goodbye for now, and please watch your step. (laughs)